blink of an eye, we're back. This is Songs in My Head. guys it's been a while uh but we are back in action again after a brief hiatus uh joined as always by my lovely co-host Kristen. hello and um we're gonna try and get back into things because it has been too long and we want to start making podcasts again um how's everything been okay been been okay sure yeah yeah no, i feel that uh you know i moved that was a pain in the dick uh but you know i mean well worth it you know it's, it's good um yeah some things have happened uh it, it today is is the day before the fourth of july third of july if you're doing math if you're not, or if you're not doing math and you can just read a calendar um, so if you hear some, some booms in the background, it's because people can't, uh, keep their fireworks in their pants until the 4th of July. They have to prematurely explode them today. So. Well, I think I'd rather do, have them do that the night before than the night of, because, you know, people have to work. Yeah. Oh, on yeah, the 5th. For sure. I mean, some people have to work on the 4th too, but. I don't. Same. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, so, you know, we were doing some minis for a while there. Um, and then we wanted to try and get some guests on. And that shit fell through. And depression is a motherfucker. But we still did some research. So here we are to talk about it. Uh, but before we get into that... I think that we need to touch on uh, the big cultural phenomenon right now. If you've li been living under a rock, buckle up, because we're going to talk about Stranger Things for a minute here. Um, so you and I just, well, you, it's your second viewing, my first viewing through of the season four, season part, four two. part two Stranger Things. Don't worry, we're not going to spoil anything. Just kind of generalized conversation about the show itself. Um, but the those episodes were amazing. Um, but the whole series is fantastic. And, it, I mean, it's got a wonderful soundtrack. Um, you know, very, very heavy on the 80s music. A lot of, like, synthwave, really cool ambient vibe kind of music. Um... And in the midst of, of season four itself, uh, it brought a pop star to the top of the charts for the first time since, like, 86, which is impressive. Because, uh, I mean, that uh, running up the hill, that hill by Kate Bush is, like, huge. I think it hit number one recently, like, for most, most listened song on Spotify. I don't know how that's possible. So I guess that shows the, the power of a show like Stranger Things. But, I mean, the the, the soundtrack is 
pretty great. I mean, I think it, it really encompasses the decade itself. Oh, right. Definitely. I think the Duffer Brothers did a really good job in having a hand in, in picking a lot of the, the artists that they put on there. So, but this song is, this show is a music podcast. We're not talking about TV shows. No, but there's a lot of, a lot of music in the show. But there so. is a ton of music in the show. Uh, but that being said, um, we are only doing one album this time. And that's because this was technically, technically researched for a guest episode. And unfortunately that episode didn't happen. It fell through, but we still had most of the research done for it. So we decided to take the research that we had done and make it into another episode. Well, I'm sure this or another similar album by the same artist is probably one on your list that we would have been doing anyway. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, I, I feel like a, it's a good a good way to get back in the groove of things, um, you know, with, with one of the more quintessential, like, pop punk hits, hit albums to get into a new era of, of the scene and everything. Um, that, of course, the album we're talking about is uh, Blink-182's Dude Ranch, which may or may not be a euphemism. Euphemism? Euphemism for jizz. I don't know. Maybe. We both think so. Oh, I think so. Uh, and I didn't make the connection until I was doing <clears throat> some research, and then when you mentioned that the other albums were... <laughs> I never made the connection about Take Off Your Pants album. <laughs> yeah, Take Off Your Pants and Jacket. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, never made the connection. So, I mean, this would only make sense. Sure. So, Dude Ranch was their second studio album uh, that they recorded. In, and it was released June 17th, 1997. So, you know, that's kind of... After the the big year, which was 1994, you know, to have another big record come out like this, pretty pretty impressive. Um, coincidentally enough, um, and I'm not sure how many of our. Not always their drummer. Um, they had a different drummer by the name of Scott Rayner in the band for the first couple albums. And this was actually his last album. And I actually don't even think that he finished the album with them uh, when it was actually getting ready to be released. I think they had actually brought Travis Barker in uh, not long before the end of it to kind of finish up things. Um, but yeah, they ended up kicking him out of the band, Scott Rayner, out of the band because he... Uh, was really, really heavy into his alcoholism, and it was causing, causing some issues. So they, they gave him the boot. However, <laughs> since we, I said the word boot, I'm only but, laughing because you know that's a compilation. <laughs> oh yeah, give him the boot. We'll talk about that sometime. Yeah, this is some good compilations. Oh yeah. Um. He actually had two broken legs 
while recording this album. And I'm, I, after reading that, I'm still trying to wrap my mind around the, the impressiveness of being able to play on this record with two broken legs. I mean, other, other, uh, musical instruments, probably you could play with broken legs, but drumming seems like one that's, you need all your limbs. Yeah. But basically they just like wheeled him into the studio in a wheelchair and wheeled him up to the drum kit. And he just recorded like that in his wheelchair. Um, but yeah, I, I also read that like, it was a really fast recording. It only took them five weeks. And like, they had a ton of issues uh, aside from, you know, their drummer having injuries to both legs. Um, both Mark Hoppus and Tom DeLong uh, were having vocal issues the whole time. Um, so I, I think I actually read that one of them, that their voice went out completely like a couple weeks before they were supposed to go into the studio. Yeah. So I can't imagine like <laughs> you're getting ready to go into to record your second album and all of a sudden your voice is gone. Oh yeah, I did write down about how some of the drum tracks were re-recorded like with Travis. So I guess Scott had started to record and yeah. done a bit of it and then they re-recorded some. I actually got a little more in depth into the oh, good. the broken leg thing. <laughs> um, so apparently uh, they had a a party to celebrate their signing to MCA Records. And I guess Scott Rayner got real drunk and he jumped off a balcony and broke both his heels. Mm-hmm. So like, really? <laughs> really? Like, come on, you just signed a record deal and you're just going to jump off a balcony and wreck your shit? Whatever. Um, the cover is really interesting because it has a, a picture of a bull on it with the band's name branded on its butt, which I think is hilarious. Um, and the insert into the in the album featured pictures of the band like dressed as cowboys on a dude ranch. <laughs> And I think it was the CD version, um, the picture on the disc looked like a six-shooter. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, did you read anything about the artist of the cover? No. Okay, so the artist's name is Lou Beach, and he does collages. Okay. And one of the other, I mean, he does a bunch of album covers. Like, his website was really cool. But one of the ones that I recognized was, like, Weird Al, Dare to be Stupid. That's one that I wrote down, but he had done a bunch of other album covers. Um, yeah, it's pretty neat. So if you get a chance, you might want to go look at the site. Um, but yeah, I was reading about the inside art too, where it said like greetings from the Blink-182 Dude Ranch, which is a parody, I guess, of a Springsteen album where they were doing greetings from Asbury Park. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's kind of cool. Yeah. And then there was like <laughs> jokes inside, um, with inside like the album, um, insert. And the only thing I read about that was that because I, I have the album, can't find it. 
I know you have it somewhere. Uh, yeah, I have it somewhere. Yeah, so, <clears throat> I mean, I think I had purchased the album, actually. <laughs> the funny thing about this is this this was, like, my the height of my CD purchasing days, because, like, 97, I just graduated high school. I remember buying this album probably the week it came out, and I took it in my backpack to college with my CD Walkman and everything, and wound up leaving <clears throat> leaving my backpack somewhere that I had to leave it in the bookstore or whatever, and somebody stole all my CDs. Oh, no. And this one. So, I mean, I know I purchased this one at least twice. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Tom DeLong said that they should have had better jokes to go along with the pictures. Of course. <laughs> so, always a critic, I guess. Right. <laughs> okay. So, in standard songs in my head fashion... Uh, we're just going to go track by track, go through the album, just kind of talk about it a little bit. Um, so I'll kick us off. First track on the album is called Pathetic. <clears throat> and it's about, um, like, kind of like the band members are romantically inept, but, and they know it, but they don't, they don't give a shit. And, you know, so it's just kind of like, you know, them kind of embracing that. But also there's a little bit of self-pity in there because they talk about failed relationships. Um, and what I did read is actually that uh, it's also partially about Tom DeLonge's mom being disappointed of how he was doing in his high school and college days. Hmm. Uh, so, I mean, if you listen to it, you could definitely hear either angle on that for sure. But I, I think I kind of get the the inept romantically more. Oh yeah, definitely. Than the other one. That's but, what I wrote. Yeah, but I mean, I, I, I could see it, you know. So. Yeah, I um, I thought it was a really good way to start the album because it kind of had sounds of like everything that they could do. Yeah. Because, um, isn't this one, um, the lyrics back and forth between Tom and Mark? That's one of the things I wrote down in that, um, you know, I think it was just, just a good, a good way to start it off. For sure. Absolutely. So, it's followed up with, uh, I think is one of their funniest songs. <laughs> um, it's called Voyeur. Voyeur or voyeur? How do you... I don't know. Voyeur? I, I say voyeur. What kind, what voyeur, if you're fancy. Voyeur. <laughs> voyeur just has a certain je ne sais quoi about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's a song about a young pervert that follows his school crush home um, so that he can watch her change through her window from a tree. Uh, and it's so funny because... You know, he talks about, like, accidentally looking in the wrong window and, like, like her dad is big and I've never seen his face and, like... <laughs> yeah, my favorite lines in this was, I can't be too cool in a tree with my pants down. And I made mistakes by looking in the wrong window. Her dad is big and I've never seen his face. Yeah. <laughs> There's also a really cool, like, very, very cool but very brief uh, bass solo in this song that I, I appreciate a lot. Um, you know, courtesy of Mark Hoppus. But yeah, this song is just, this is like 
like peak Blink One Eighty Two shenanigans, while still writing a very catchy song. Well, the one thing I read about the album specifically, I don't know if you read much about MCA, um, being their their label, but one of the things, um, I guess at the time MCA wasn't like real popular of a label anymore because I read that it was like the Musician Cemetery of America is what yeah. people were joking that it was st- standing for. Um, so, like, they signed on with MCA for this album because their first um, their first label considered them like a joke band. Um, so, like, MCA gave them an artistic freedom, but then they stepped in and warned the band about a spoof that they were going to do with a Macarena called... <laughs> I can't even say it. But... <laughs> Say it. What, hey, my Uranus. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So it's just kind of funny to me that like they like walk this line. Yeah, but it's also interesting because I think that there there is a certain a certain way that they write their albums because like the later that you get in their albums, the more serious it gets. Mm-hmm. And the more, like, storyteller it gets. But also, once you get to that point, that's when you can start to hear the drift of Tom and Mark. Not that they've never... That they've ever stopped being friends. It just, they didn't see eye-to-eye as bandmates. Mm -hmm. Which is, you know, why they've, you know, gone their separate ways at this point. Yeah, you're far more familiar Um, with with the band than I am because this is the probably the only time I really listened to them until recently. Interesting. I mean, I heard the hits and yeah. stuff, but like I went a different direction. Sure. <laughs> musically. Sure. No, I, I know. <laughs> um, guess move on to track three. Oh yeah. Which is my favorite. It's damn it. I mean, I think it's the one that most people know from this album. Sure. I, I um, would have to agree with that. I think it's probably the most recognizable from this album. Well, I think it's one of the most recognizable like intros to a song in pop punk of that era. Oh yeah, absolutely. I I would have to agree with that. I mean, and and it's actually been documented pretty well documented that it's a very distinctive riff. Oh yeah. Um, did you read the the behind the story of the riff yeah you're much better at music so you probably can explain it um (laughs) so it was an accident uh because mark was playing on a acoustic guitar and he was forced to skip over two strings because they were missing (laughs) and he just accidentally wrote the opening riff to this song so like kind of happy accident on that one <laughs> but yeah I, I, this song is just it's a great song yeah i mean it was their first single from the album um which i guess uh basically was what made them well known no oh, absolutely um yeah, i read that it started playing at k-rock and then it played around the country and then it wound up being like number 11 on the charts in 98 which, and K-Rock, know, K-Rock, I know, like, from some of the other podcasts that I've listened to, like, I know uh, they talk about it on Krista Makes mm-hmm. uh, a lot, that, like, getting your song on K-Rock was, like, a huge deal for them. Right. Like, for, for bands in that 
that era that like if you could get the radio play you were gonna have the hits yeah so i mean i think that's you know basically what what launched them into to where they are now absolutely um i did read that it was in a movie uh it was in the movie can't hardly wait oh yeah and it was also <laughs> that great. It, was, it is and it was also featured in the video game guitar hero world tour <laughs> so i yeah. always like i always like seeing where songs get featured um yeah i like that uh mark wrote this song in five minutes this is what i wrote down um I thought that was kind of impressive. <laughs> I mean, that is pretty impressive. Oh, I did write down, and it's in Can't Hardly Wait as well. <laughs> um, did you happen to see um, how frequently it's covered? I didn't. So, <laughs> <clears throat> so it's been covered uh, by a whole slew of artists um, that include All Time Low, Cloud Control, Lisa Prank, Fiddler, Good Charlotte, Of Mice and Men, Pierce the Veil, Best Coast, Scottoon Network, and Rapper Lil Peep. <laughs> like, it's just that big of a song that, like, although I do find the fact that All Time Low covered this song very interesting because, uh, Mark has actually worked with who is the lead singer from All Time Low. They have a group together now that they released uh, an album for, mm, I think it was like three years ago. I don't know. I can't remember time before the pandemic. <laughs> Pre-COVID, right? I don't remember my life. Um, I'll find it, though. But yeah, they have they have a group together now that's more it's more like poppy, like synth pop, but it's pretty good. I, I listened to some of it. Um but yeah, I just thought that it was it was really interesting that so many people have covered this song. Well, I mean it's a good song. Oh yeah. I mean it's, it's got it, that classic opening and then the the lyrics, I mean we didn't even touch on the subject, but oh yeah. It's basically the theme of you know a breakup and uh i mean i like the i just wrote i guess this is growing up line because he just kind of accepts it right well i think also this is like this is the the pop punk equivalent of you ought to know <laughs> Yeah, I guess it like is. Like, if you, if you look at it lyrically, like, it, it's kind of like, that's their, the, the equivalent. I'm going to find this in a second, I swear. <laughs> Go ahead. You move on to the next song. I'm going to keep looking for this. Oh, gosh. Okay. Um, Jack 4 is boring. <laughs> Called boring. <laughs> yeah, no. For, the name is boring. I was gonna say for clarification, <laughs> the name is boring. Um, I basically wrote that this song um, seems like it's about somebody that I've asked for advice but never follows through with taking it or making any change, which I mean seems 
Like a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that in a nutshell, it's just calling them out for, for being shitty. Um, I mean, considering how many, like, silly themed songs are on here, just, you know, goofy, this is, I don't think this falls in that category. Um, that's about all I wrote about it, so I guess maybe I thought it was boring. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, when you follow up a song like Damn It. Yeah, and I mean, between Damn It and the next track. Right. <laughs> you kind of can't. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's definitely... Ooh, the next track. I mean, every album has a worse oh, the party. Their 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 group is called Simple Creatures. Oh, okay. So you guys should check it out if you're if you like, if you if you are adjacent to both of those bands, and you kind of like the synth poppy vibe, um, I would check it out. It's definitely definitely worth it. Um, yes. So I think this, this track goes along with the theory that every every album has a worse the party. Sure. Perfectly good song. Yeah, it's a perfectly good song. It feels, it feels, you know, a couple minutes. It's no Jimmy Jimmy, but... No, oh God, no. No, it's no Jimmy Jimmy. On a scale from Where's the Party to Jimmy Jimmy, it, it's closer to Where's the Party. <laughs> if you don't know what we're talking about, go back and listen to our episode hmm, two? Two, three? I believe it was. Early on, when Very we talked about on. Madonna. I don't continue. I'll let you take the next one. <laughs> So the next uh, the next song is called Dick Lips, uh, and it is written about an experience from Tom DeLonge's high school years. Um, he got kicked out of his high school during his junior year after being caught inebriated at a school basketball game, um, and then he ended up like transferring schools and finishing there uh but this song is is really about like him talking about how he knows that he fucked up and he knows how disappointed his parents are well the title supposedly comes from an insult that they threw around while recording and then um i read that this one was Attempted to be released as a single in February 98, but it didn't register on the charts, which I'm guessing because of the name. Because of the title, probably. <laughs> I would venture to say it's really hard to sell a song. It's really hard. <laughs> ah. Dick. Anyway, uh, the next song <laughs> is called Waggy. Um, it's actually a word that uh, Mark created while burping. Uh, yeah, I don't really... This was like one of those, we wrote a song, we don't know what to call it. And then somebody burps and he's just, Wacky! Uh, but it's, it's about confronting the difficulty of, of, of a breakup that both parties kind of knew really needed to happen. Like... Like, both people involved were like, yeah, this is probably, probably a good idea. Yeah, this was um, on their first um, EP, I guess, in 96. Uh, yeah, I believe so. Um, they came to conquer Uranus. 
<laughs> so it was re-recorded with a different line. I guess the line hide in my was hide in my room until then was changed to jack off in my room. Oh, okay. <laughs> sure. Cool. <laughs> cool. Because cool. why wouldn't you, right? Yeah, right. It's like, oh, this this line didn't sound aggressive enough the first time we we wrote it, so. But yeah, I wrote the same thing about it being a relationship that that was stale, and they both they both knew. Yeah. And then the line that got me was, "It's never over till it's done." Right. Yeah, that's that's a that's a stinger of a line right there. So yes, yeah, mostly serious topic, not serious. Not serious title. title. Nope. <laughs> um, track seven is enthused, which I basically wrote about an end of a relationship. Or he's either an end of a relationship or um, venting about a girl who doesn't realize that he's into her at all. Yeah. So I wasn't sure which direction it was taking. I kind of got it as more like a reflection after the breakup. So like looking back on on the breakup and looking back on how garbage the relationship was. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So that's, that's my first thought. But then when it was, she doesn't care at all. She doesn't care about times we never shared at all. And I was like, Hmm, never shared. Never. <laughs> so it made me wonder, like, was it, you know, one of those things where you put more weight into something than the other person. Right. Um, but yeah, that one got stuck in my head. Kind of an earworm. <laughs> yeah. It's a good song though. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So the next track is actually untitled. Um, untitled, if you're fancy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't wow. know why this one's untitled, though, honestly. Uh, maybe they because ran they ran out, out of words. Yeah, they ran out of words. They already used Waggy and Dick Lips. What yeah, else are you going to follow you, it up yeah, with? Yeah, you can't follow up Waggy and Dick Lips. Um, but it's like realizing that chasing an ex is a bad idea especially when they mostly even like discount you as a person or like you as a friend so they, they just it's you know it's coming to that tough realization that it's not worth it yeah it's not worth the chase so yeah i mean i had nothing else to say about this track because you pretty much covered it but the only thing i have is it ends with the skit that says it'll clear up i promise <laughs> Oh yeah, I forgot about the skit. <laughs> which which kind of made me laugh. Um, track nine is apple shampoo, um, which is said to be about the end of uh, Mark's relationship with Elise Rogers of Dancehall Crashers, because um, the shampoo that she used was apple scented. Um, basically, the the lines that I wrote down were you know it can never survive with such different lives. One home, one out on tour again. So I mean, it was talking about the differences that they, they had with that relationship. Right. Uh, so, so the next track is called "Emo." <laughs> um, it's about a girl who's constantly being cheated on, but still stays. Um. And it's kind of like Mark singing to her, telling her to leave, but she says that she's fine with being, with being one more. Ouch. Yeah, right. Ugh. I mean, <laughs> as a poly person. 
Yeah, I mean... <laughs> that doesn't seem so bad, but if you, you know, if everybody knows the situation, but, like, being cheated on is shitty. Yeah, I wrote that, um, that it was called Emo because Tom's favorite band at the time was Jimmy Eat World. <laughs> Which... What a, what a shocker. <laughs> I know, right? Would not have guessed. Never have guessed. Um, okay, track 11. Um... Josie, which I believe is another like one of the really popular ones from the album. Yeah, I remember hearing this one before I, yeah, heard the whole album. I think, um, written about an imaginary ideal girlfriend for Mark, and the name Josie was the name of Elise Rogers' dog. Um, oh yeah, I wrote it was the second most su- successful single of the album. Yeah. Um, it had a couple like cool references that if you look into the reference of Mexican food from Sombrero, which is a place they ate during recording, um, they said that the girlfriend likes UL and THC, which would be Unwritten Law and Dancehall Crashers, which would be, you know, the, the shout out to, uh, to Lisa Guess. Yeah. Um, she takes click calls in the brooch. Doesn't matter that he's, he's lacking in the bulge. When he feels like giving up, she, she's watching Vacation, which would be National Lampoon's Vacation. Um, the cover of the single that they had was the first to feature Travis in the photos of the band. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, the other thing I read was that the video for this featured Alyssa Milano, which I always think is really funny when the videos feature somebody kind of famous. Right. Because <laughs> like, like much hmm. later, I'm like, oh, really? Who's the boss? Who's the boss? <laughs> Samantha. Um, yeah, so I mean, I like this song. Yeah, I mean, it's another one of those, like, just great songs on this album. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I love I love all the references that they Yeah, I always like when songs have, like, that extra depth. Right. Which, uh, coincidentally, there are a lot of references in, in the, next, the next song, um, which... I'm excited to cover because I'm a fucking nerd. Uh, it's called A New Hope. And it's a song that's basically uh, Hoppus's ode to Princess Leia. And, you know, basically how in love with her he is. Which would be perfect for, like, the age that they are and everything because, like, like when, you know. Right. Uh, but it's it's full of references. Um, they had uh, the moons of Endor, uh, the deserts of Tatooine, um, the kind of Alderanian I need. Uh, drinking Colt forty fives with Lando. I don't know if you get that one, but I just that is such a good. Because, like, Billy D. Williams, man. Well, explain for the listeners that don't. <laughs> so, the actor that played uh, Lando Carrizian in the original series, uh, which is Billy D. Williams, uh, also did commercials and was, like, a spokesperson for Colt 45. Um, so, he's pretty popular for that also. Uh, oh, and it also had Hanging Out in the Cantina on Moss Eisley. So, a lot of really fun references. Just a really fun song in general. I, I thought it was kind of a cool 
a cool song to put on there. Yeah, I wrote down this quote. It just says, "I love a love song sent across the galaxy and back through time to court Princess Leia. And I, I think every guy, well, guy, girl, anybody of that era, you know, was enamored with Princess Leia. So I feel like it's perfect. I mean, fair enough. Uh, track 13, Degenerate. Um, a joke song about a guy who does dumb things and gets thrown in jail. That's what I wrote. Um, it was... Uh, says. Oh, the recorded track first appeared on demo number two, in quotes. Um, it basically had a bunch of, like, stupid puns, like, went bent over to show some moonlight. Um, show me the closet from the inside out, which made me think, okay, that's homosexual reference. Right. Um, trying to read my writing because apparently I must have written it pretty, <laughs> pretty tough here. Uh, I liked the line, uh, kicked, kicked old, old Sally because she's fat. And it's a reference to one of the teachers that he had, that Tom DeLong had in high school. That's what I wrote. Okay. Yeah, because they talked about how, um, I guess, in Blink-182's episode of MTV's The Road Home, they talked to her. Yeah, they went back and, and <laughs> talked to her. Yeah, so, said so that she was notorious for giving out detentions, and she replied, I'm the hammer. <laughs> <laughs> what a great god. What a badass. What makes me want to go back and watch that now. Um, but yeah, the song just was kind of full of, just full of jokes. I mean, yeah. like it was just a, a silly song, but still really well done. Uh, the next song is Lemmings and it's a song about an old friend, uh, who expected everyone to follow what he said was right. Um, hence the the title lemmings right um but it was usually like really really stupid shit and also it's kind of like a remembrance of like the the faded good times that they had with old friends and places that kind of remind them of their old friends um yeah, I wrote that this was re-recorded because it was previously only on a 7-inch because the band felt it should not be limited to only uh, people owning record players. Which was kind of kind of cool because, you know, it, it's funny because now... Now records are huge. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. well, 7 inches aren't huge. They're 7 inches, but... <laughs> <laughs> They're really still the same size as they always were. I gotta go. <laughs> We're sitting here talking about records as I'm sitting here literally looking at all of our records. Yeah. Um, I also wrote that there's a Pulp Fiction reference. I'll stay in love and war until you say it isn't, but you're wrong. Oh. Or is that, it's fucking with me, it's fucking with you. I'm not sure which one. Because I wrote, God, my notes. Wish I went back and double checked. Um, but yeah, it was a nostalgic song. But when you look back, like... The good times aren't all that good. Yeah. Um, track 15 is I'm Sorry. I just wrote it as a breakup song. <laughs> Goodbye so long. <laughs> yeah, I kind of was unsure. Because I in my notes, I, I wrote, 
uh, broken friendships or a friend that died. I guess so. I mean, it could be just an ending of some sort. But um, I also read that it's their second longest track that they ever wrote. It's five minutes and 38 seconds. Oh. The longest track uh, is from their self-titled album that came out a few years later. So that we're talking like uh, post-Enema, post-Take-Off-Your-Pants uh, era. So self-titled comes out. Longest track on there is called I'm Lost Without You. And I, that one clocks in at six minutes and 21 seconds. Hmm. So... Yeah, so overall, I, I've I've always loved this album. Um, I think that it's it's a, a super like fast paced, high energy album that is both funny but has very some very serious overtones of like heartache and heartbreak. I feel like that kind of goes with both of our personalities, though. You know, yeah, making jokes out of your pain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's kind of what the whole band's about. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, this felt good. Um, getting back into our normal kind format. Of getting back into the format. Next time, I promise we'll have two two albums. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll throw this... I'll throw this in as a, a Spotify link for you guys to check out. Um... I was also challenged to put together a D&D playlist uh, by a guest that we've actually had on the show before, Lance. Uh, if you listen, which I know you probably won't, but that's fine. Uh, I was challenged to make a D&D playlist, and in one afternoon I made a three and a half hour long D&D playlist, which I will also feature um, in the link so that you guys can check that out as well. Um... Anything you want to add? No, I was just thinking, and we normally do, uh, that's my new band name, and I had a couple good ones. Do you want um, to do that this time? Yeah. Okay, sure. You got yours? Oh, I got a bunch. <laughs> I got a bunch. I've been sitting on them for a while. Yeah, I mean, same. Same. I always enjoy doing our, that's my new band name. Okay. Um, okay. Um, while you're looking yours up, you got the saddest disguise. Oh, the saddest <laughs> disguise, huh? Um, also, one of my favorites, uh, Midwest versus Everyone. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't remember. I know you were there when this came up, and I wrote it down. Sex Mimic. Their first album will be From Sinew to Sinew. From what? Sinew to Sinew. What was this from? Oh, God. It was from a D&D session, for sure. Oh, yes, yes. Definitely, definitely. Um, and I know I wrote it down somewhere, but it's not here. My favorite of the past, like, six months. I don't think we've done this for a while. But, uh. After School Satan Club. Yes, I love After School Satan Club. Yeah, it kind of feels like Hellfire. <laughs> Hellfire, right? Um, Get Hellfire vibes. So, a couple of the ones, I'm not going to give them all away, because i got a pretty long list. So yeah, my I'm, list isn't that long. I'm going to save some for next time. Um, first one I had was uh, Arbitrary Libertarian, <laughs> with their debut album, Dicking Around the Middle East. <laughs> I think the album just makes that. Uh, right? Right? Just uh, chef's kiss. Um, drill Pickle. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where that one came from. Into the Pickle Bits. Into the Pickle Bits. Into the Pickle Bits, yeah. So. <laughs> uh, secondary Monster. Oh. Yeah. 
Andy? <laughs> I think so, yeah. Uh, and uh, Mind Monkeys. Which I think is also a D&D &D reference. Probably. Oh, and uh, Fervent Royals. Oh. Right? That's a good one. Yeah. So, a couple for you. I'll, I'll save, save more and add to the list for next time. Any more music stuff to talk about? We have a, a show coming up on Friday that we're going to. It's Punchline's Punch like 25th anniversary yeah. show. So we're real excited about that. I'm very um, excited. I'm super excited for the show. Yeah. So it should be a good time. Um, uh, we've got some cool new vinyls that we'll be eventually doing. Hopefully. TikTok. We yeah. signed up for TikTok. Um, so hopefully here soon. That's what the kids are doing. So like. It's, yeah. It's all you fucking. <laughs> crazy kids and your 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 TikToks and your TikToks and your Tic Tacs. Your Bing Bongs. And your Bing Bongs and your Instagrams. Uh no no, I mean I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty active on on TikTok and I thought this would be a good platform for us to do, you know, like short little live videos. So we, we decided to, to start one up. I have it created. We just haven't made any content for it yet. But that's, fingers crossed. We'll probably announce it on the page when we finally oh, yeah, absolutely. do some stuff. Yeah. yeah, but in the meantime, you guys can go give that a follow. Because uh, there will be content there soon. So also. Just it's our like, usual. Absolutely. It's just like everything else. That S-I-M-H pod is where we'll be featured on there. Um, and speaking of that, we're on, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, uh, same username at S-I-M-H pod. You can also find the podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts, that being Spotify, uh, the Apple one, iTunes, yeah, that one, um, Amazon Music, and SoundCloud, if you're nasty. <laughs> Uh, honestly, though, guys, it's just great to be back. We'll talk to you guys soon. Be safe. Uh, go watch Stranger Things. Keep running up that hill. <laughs>